Hello, and welcome back to Hayden's Entertainment Hour. Today, we're going to be talking about a very special movie that was a big part of my childhood that just got its 40th anniversary in theaters and also on 4K Blu-ray right now, and that is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And I am here to dissect this wonderful movie today with T.L., Yes, TL, I'm happy to have you back on the podcast. Last time you were here, you... You did shoot me, that's right. But TL, today, we're going to talk about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. What are your thoughts on this movie? What do you mean the Johnny Depp version's better? What do you mean Pure Imagination's a bad song? Now, TL, there's no reason to call my mother a whore. There's... that You don't have... Now, TL, I think insulting my livelihood is not something I care for on this podcast. What do you mean the Oompa should be grinded up into hamburger meat? What's wrong with you, TL? You're not going to drone strike my fucking house again. We've been over this, TL. Wait a the second. What the fuck are you doing in here? Brian? What? TL, no, 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 Get don't... the fuck out, motherfucker. No. Oh, you want to you wanna do it like that? No, TL! You motherfucker, I'm gonna take you down. You're dead meat, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, you stay back there. Brian! What have you done to TL? What did you do to TL? Motherfucker was taking my uh, spotlight. You retired from the podcast. We've been over this. No, I'm gonna retire you from the podcast. No, Brian, you can't do that. Stay out of this! Why are you being so mean to TL? We were gonna talk about Willy Wonka. Unless that's what you're here to talk about. We're talking about another candy man. Oh, Brian, not the horror reboot. We've been over this. I got. I call my buddy Charles to talk about horror, not you. Fuck you. Well, I'm just sorry. Charles has a better opinion about horror no, than you. No, you're going to fucking review this movie with me, and then we're going to do Halloween Kills later down the line. I don't think I agreed to that. Oh, Brian, no! Alright, so it's time to talk about Candyman 2021. Uh, the Candyman franchise is this little 90s horror franchise. Brian, you can give, like, when they all came out or, like, how the I don't the know the exact years, but I know that 1992 is when the original one came out. I think the, the final, or the third one, not the final one, uh, came out in, like, 1999. Uh, and it was just, like, in that decade is when all the Candyman movies came out. And, uh... As I'm sure a lot of people know, the Candyman, the original Candyman is based on a short story by Clive Barker called The Forbidden, um, which I think is, that short story is is in turn based on a, like a short film or something that Clive Barker made back in, uh, even in like the early 80s or uh, late 70s or something. But uh, it's just like each thing is based on something in this fucking uh, franchise. Yeah. And so the Candyman franchise, I was kind of excited for this reboot, but I won't lie, I don't know a lot about Candyman besides I just watched the first movie today, and I believe, Brian, you watched it. I watched the first one yesterday. Yeah, basically. Um, And so seeing it for the first time, I would say for both of us, we're going to kind of go into this kind of comparing a little bit to the original, but also kind of how this movie stands on its own merits. I mean, this, this movie directly references the original and i think it's a direct a direct it's sequel a direct sequel to the original yeah and so i it's doing a halloween 2018 thing. which i don't know if it disregards the other sequels i'll say because no, we I, haven't we seen haven't them. seen the other yeah. sequels um but yeah for the most part i'm gonna start off by acknowledging a quote that was given to me from my good friend dalton westmore our good friend, our good friend dalton westmore and his comment was what is so appealing about an undead pimp with a hook hand 
Brian, I don't know. What is the appeal of an undead pimp with a hook hand? Slasher movies, man. I guess, yeah. Um, so the Slasher franchise... I don't agree with that quote, by the way. Um, but the Slasher franchise, as we can say, is one that you are a bigger fan of than me, I will say. Cause I'm I, a horror fan. Yeah. I don't watch a lot of horror. Um, I want to watch a lot more horror, but I don't watch a lot of horror. I just know a lot about horror. Like, yeah. Uh, I recently had a conversation with... Uh, one of our friends from Discord named uh, Mr. Fahrenheit, uh, in which I talked about uh, the movie Hellraiser for like 15 minutes to half an hour. Haven't seen the movie, and I, I fucking I knew more about the movies than he did, and he's the one that watched it like a week ago. Yeah, like, um, it's just I, I do a lot of like research into uh, horror films, and I read up about them a lot and everything. Yeah. And I watch a lot of videos videos about him on YouTube. Yeah, so this one is directed by Nia De La Costa and mm-hmm. stars... I don't know the actor's name. All I know him as is Black Manta from Aquaman, which is sad because that shouldn't be the only thing I know him from. But he... he pl- uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II okay. plays Anthony McCoy. Yeah, there. Uh, he's the main character, Anthony McCoy. He is an artist that feels... I connect- might have said his name wrong. Uh, who is an artist that feels connected to this neighborhood piece that he's doing that is directly the same neighborhood that was in the first Candyman, but he goes around hearing about this urban legend of the Candyman from Coleman Domingo and begins to have an obsession with the Candyman to the point of where he has accidentally brought back Tony Todd the Candyman. So, uh, Candyman 2021. Uh, Brian, what did you think of Candyman 2021? I... For me, it's almost on the same level as the original. I didn't, I didn't uh, hate it, but I didn't think it was the greatest thing in the world, which is kind of how I felt about the first one, the nineteen ninety two one. Yeah. Uh, it's the problem with this version, uh, which is not the problem with the first one, is that it's it just lacks subtlety. Like it's got the subtlety of a sledgehammer to the forehead. It does. Yeah. It's. Um, it's uh, I, I just wish that it would have, like, been a little bit more subtle. Like, the first movie, it wasn't super subtle, but at least it had, like, a little bit of subtlety um, to it. It's just, like... And I get it. That's the style that Jordan Peele's production company has pretty much set forth with Get Out and yeah. Us. Yeah, Get Out... Us. <laughs> get I mean, out. Get Out is a little bit more subtle, but Us isn't Us as, is not as much, because yeah. I'm not a big fan of Us as a lot of people would yeah, know. I mean, it's a good movie. It's a good but, movie. I'm yeah, not a I just, fan. Like, this is, like, Monkey Paw Productions, it feels like that's just kind of, like, their style is to be a little less subtle yeah, than most. Um, and I know a lot of people will say, how does this stack up to that Annabellum movie that came out last I, year? I didn't watch Leaps it. and bounds better, that's all I, I'll I say. I heard so many bad things about it that I was like, God damn it, I thought it was going to be good. Yeah, um... This movie, though, I'm kind of in that realm of Brian where I don't really... You know, the original's just fine to me. It's like an okay movie. I would so say... The original one, I, I gave that like a 7 out yeah, of 10. Yeah, that's what you got on Letterboxd. Yeah. Uh, that movie, to me, like, it's it's good. Uh, I mean, shit, Halloween's one of my favorite movies of all time, and I think I gave that a 7 out of 10, too. Yeah. Like, it's just... Uh, 7 is, like, pretty, uh, like, good to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I have issues with the first one that I'll I could get into right now or later if yeah, you wanted um, me to. <laughs> but like I said, Brian's in that tier of he thinks that both are kinda on par. I'm kinda the same way. I think the first one's okay. I think this is okay to just kinda mediocre. Like yeah. if I had to describe it, this is a poor man's Jordan Peele movie. And I know that it, yeah. this is directed by a woman, it, right? 
Uh, let me check. Or is it a guy? I guess we didn't really it, do our research into yeah, it. Yeah, we, we don't do our research. <laughs> we don't do our research going into these podcasts at all, no. it feels like. But, uh, so this movie, I will say, there's a lot of... Nia DaCosta. Okay, I thought it was woman, a lady. Yep. Okay, so going into this movie, I will not lie. I was kind of like, there's going to be a lot of the Jordan Peele-isms in it. Like, it's a beautiful looking movie. Cinematography, Oh yeah, it's lighting. really well shot. It's a great looking yeah. movie. The color is amazing. Yep. Um, the acting is actually really good. Uh, for yeah. the most part, I mean, it, to me, the acting in this movie is better than the first than one. The original, yeah. Uh, or, yeah, the original. Um, I would say it it has a lot of similar beats to the original, but it also does its own thing in a way. Yeah, kind of that Doctor Sleep effect where it's like we're gonna pay homage we're, to the original. Yeah, except this one, like I think you know, Doctor Sleep, it leaves it out in the open whether it's a. Uh, direct sequel to the book or the movie mm-hmm. but uh this one it's like it's it is a direct sequel to the first movie yeah because it directly references things that happened in the first one. yeah this movie does a really good job i will say kind of following that same realm of the original like in the original you don't see tony todd kill a lot of people uh and when it does happen it is yeah. like violent and bloody but you a lot of the kills are off screen and then they walk in the room and they see the corpses and stuff and for the most part the effects are good yeah the effects are pretty good in that original in this one it's CGI, which mostly CGI. mostly CGI, and does it look great? Uh, no, but they it's, kept it in darkness, which I think saved it a little bit. A little bit, um, and for the most part, it keeps in style of like the original, where it doesn't show all those kills and stuff. But when they do happen, they are gory, bloody, like the original, yeah. which is a good effect because I thought I was scared to death. We're just going to see Tony Todd rip apart people and stuff, like most of these horror yeah. remakes, like Michael well, Myers and stuff. Yeah, and the thing is, like the the first one, you do kind of see like there's the one scene in the. Uh, fucking spoilers i guess and the original there's the one scene uh, where she's sitting in the doctor's office and you can see like the him getting ripped up uh yeah do- uh, bottom to top and like that's one of the few times that you see like direct gore yep uh or uh and kills but like this movie uh, yeah a lot of it's off screen or it's like subtly done where you don't see it until like the very almost like the oh god we watched a movie recently where it was like someone gets killed and they like drop into frame mm-hmm. uh we, I don't know what it was name. recently. There are yeah. a lot of them. A lot of <laughs> movies, yeah. But this movie does a lot, like, keeping the style of it a little bit. It has the theme that's reiterated here, and the story that's being told is consistent in line with, like, the story of how Candyman came to be, but it's got spins on it, because it's more, like, modern, which we'll get into that spoiler a little bit yeah. later. Like, they tell, oh, he was beaten by police in 1977, like, killed, tortured, and stuff. Mm-hmm. They gave him a hook hand and all that. Like, they did all of these things that is in line with the original Candyman, who yeah. was... Um, the son of a former slave in 1819 who basically was a really good painter and he fell in love with this white lady and had a baby with her and the dad was like ah ah no no and basically tortured him rubbed honey on him had bees sting him to death and then burned him and it's in line a little bit with how they do the origin in this movie with just a modern spin on it I will say and even when you like hear other people describe Candyman in the movie like Coleman Domingo they change little subtleties Uh, about it which is nice I mean even the very beginning when uh uh, the main character, Anthony, his uh, girlfriend, fiance, wife, whatever she is, mm-hmm. uh, she has her brother and his boyfriend coming over uh, for like wine and dinner and everything. And uh, her brother ex- tells the story of Helen from the first movie. Yeah. And uh, Hayden and I were sitting there watching it, and like as he's telling the story, we were just kind of like looking at each other, like that. That's not how that happened. Yeah. And then later on, you find out that it, like. Uh, 
Anthony looks into it more, and it turns out it was just like over time the story has become more and more bastardized as people told it. Yeah, and uh, it changed it up a lot, which that's interesting because that's you know goes into the theme of urban legends from the first movie how they uh, their word of mouth so they change up a lot. Yeah. And uh, the movie's themes-wise, which Brian kind of touched on, like, it's hitting you with the sledgehammer yeah, over the face. I would say five minutes into the movie when we're in the apartment with Anthony and all them, they give away the themes there. Like, they talk yeah. about gentrification, how white people have ruined yeah. neighborhoods and they stuff. They talk about uh, Cabrini Green and how, you know, all the um, white people turned it into the hood and then now they're trying to turn it into not the hood again and yep. everything. And it's just like, it, it, it lacks subtlety. You, it, it's the most on-the-nose thing i've i've seen in, in a while but like at the same time a lot of the messages that they were saying i was like yeah i get it this is kind of stuff that i um yeah understand. even if, well yeah even if you agree with it like we do um i would say what bothers me is this feels like a case of oh our audience isn't smart enough we gotta spill it out yeah for them. it's almost and, like hey you're an idiot let me tell you what's happening and i don't like that that is my least yeah. favorite part of storytelling that, in movies yeah that's kind of one of those things where it's like there's there's a time when a movie can be too smart uh and there's a time where a movie can be uh insulting with how stupid it uh, tries to make you feel yeah and this movie it was al- almost insulting with how like it was like hey you're you're an idiot just yeah. listen to what i'm saying and it's not even like the it still goes on in the movie like there are other scenes where anthony is talking with people about how you know white people have gentrified these areas and stuff when he's yeah. sitting down with the critic lady he's like why do you think white people are so interested in artists like us that go to these gentrified areas and stuff when you don't blame yourself for what you've done to chicago and stuff like this and i'm just like dude you're saying the theme but if you didn't we could unpack this from just the way you look at her yeah. like it's not that, that hard to not say it yeah and that's the thing with like uh the first movie the original movie it, it, it's like it's not that subtle at the same time uh but it's also kind of subtle because it shows like black people talking about the problems that they have they're having they're like oh you know the cops they come around here and they're trying to um catch all these you know drug dealers and stuff but they're always um, catching, you know, us regular people. Not all, all of us yeah. are like them down I there think, and everything. I think the strength of the original is that it's a lot of shots of just the area and the people living in it, and that's powerful to yeah. see what has actually happened, because that gets the theme across of like, oh god, white people have ruined this area and yeah. stuff. And, yeah, that's the thing. And, and this one doesn't really do that. It spells yeah. it out to you, which and, is not great for themes and storytelling, I will say. Yeah. Another unfortunate thing uh for this movie is that the uh the real life cabrini green got uh, the the building from the movie Mm -hmm. it got torn down a number of years ago so that's one thing that like this movie just unfortunately wasn't able to have to tie it even closer to the original which that would have been cool but that can't hold it against the movie no yeah it's not their fault um and i think another thing too that's interesting is the character of (coughs) helen and anthony feel kind of similar in a way yeah because they're both investigating a story of an urban legend and they're both going slowly crazy but anthony in this movie is crazy right out the bat like after he hears about this story because he starts doing crazy things like making these paintings and talking about Candyman and stuff helen kind of eased into it and then became a murderer For, for for helen it was like well see the thing with anthony was that it, it showed the progression of his craziness in a way that I wouldn't have expected because he got stung by a bee. And yeah, as and he gets crazier, you can see that spreads throughout more of his body. And I do. feel like that uh, 
was something and I was like okay that's an interesting way of doing it but at the same time if you look at Helen from the first movie she just gets crazier and crazier throughout the movie and it kind of uh wants you to think like hey is this stuff that's really happening yeah uh but this movie it doesn't really let you do that because it's kind of spelling it out like hey this is happening yeah it, it does spill it out and take away some of that illusion and both their character traits feel very similar, which isn't, like, a bad thing, I will say, but it does feel kind of copy and paste in a way. It is a sequelitis thing. Um, the kills themselves in the movie, as it progresses, like, the first one that happens is in this art auxiliary, and it's this guy that basically exhibit. put on... Exhibit. Uh, that put on a show for Anthony... And him and him have been going back and forth and stuff because he's like, oh, you're the torture artist that isn't giving me anything new. I want something that's really powerful about your community and stuff. Yeah. And Anthony's really trying here. Like, he has a piece that he's very passionate on with the Candyman stuff, but again, he's still being a straight-up, like, asshole about, like, oh, this isn't good enough. Like, I should think about dropping him and his girlfriend and stuff. Yeah. And the first kill in the movie is, ironically, where this art exhibit guy and his girlfriend are gonna basically do it right there in the exhibit. And yeah. she's like, I'm gonna say Candyman in the mirror and yeah. then she gets off and I will admit it's a very funny kill because yeah. the guy's like is this happening is this happening yeah it, it, it's very uh played for laughs almost because this is the character you're not supposed to like yeah uh and and then like you know the the other guy it, he didn't even say Candyman, but he gets killed anyways yeah. and uh again it's played for last because he's like they're hooked to each other because she hooked him with something on her belt on her belt loop or something yeah and he's you know standing there or sitting there trying to unhook it and everything and once he does the candy man not tony todd i'm not gonna say tony todd but candy man uh picks him up and does his generic candy man thing yeah um there's another the character's name is Clive, by the way. Yeah, his name in reference. I'm assuming in reference to Clive Barker. Yeah, uh, the movie goes across in a way where there's another kill where this lady critic, like we talked about a little bit earlier, yeah. who was kind of hard on Anthony's exhibit and stuff. Uh, at first, Anthony thinks she's dead in the bathroom because she's gone in and said Candyman, which she does end up doing because there's a shot that's pulling out that's really cool where you see her get pulled up by the hook and spread across yeah. uh, the windows and yeah. all that blood trails across by her neck. And it's like cool. you can tell it's CG. Yeah, it's but it's still a really cool scene. It's a cool kill. Um, you, like you can get over it just by you know letting yourself get involved in the movie. Yeah. And it's it's another one of those things where it's like you you just you're not made to care about the character because no. uh, it's just a random person. Like I kind of feel like in the first movie, the all the characters that get killed, for, like for the most part, or not all, but some of the characters that get killed for the most part are ones that you care about. Like uh, the character of Bernadette, mm -hmm. she gets killed in the movie, and it's uh, something that you're supposed to like. It's supposed to affect you because she is her friend. Yeah, she's Helen's friend, so. When she gets killed, it's scary. And then... Or not scary, but, like, it, it's uh, almost emotional. And then, uh, spoilers, at the end, when the character Trevor gets killed by Helen... Yeah. It's supposed to be, like, another one of those things where, like, this character has some development and you're supposed to feel something. Especially, like, he has a lot of development right at the end. Yeah. Yeah. But this movie, it doesn't feel like any... The people that get killed, it doesn't feel like they have any development. No, they barely have development. And yeah. it's that's what sucks, too, I will say, is character development is not terrific yeah. in this movie. I mean, should we mention the one scene? The, the, bathroom, the bathroom scene? Yeah. Pointless scene. 
just it's, gonna it's say the, that. It's the scene made for the movie trailer. Yeah, it was made for the movie trailer. And shout out to Dom. If I don't know if he listens to these, Dominic that's in CVH that pointed this out. It is a very pointless scene. These white girls just say Candyman into the mirror and all get murked, and it affects the plot in no way. Yeah. Very pointless scene could be cut out. Um, and then the final kill is a bunch of cops at the ending, which yeah. we'll get into how that process works out and stuff. And that's pretty cool. Bad, bad CGI blood, but it's luckily hidden by darkness mostly. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I guess talking about Candyman himself, like you alluded, he's uh, goes by a different name in the movie. And yeah, it's so. Here's the thing. Uh, which we can spoil what the big yeah, twist kind of is. This is a podcast where we talk about a movie. It's mm-hmm. going to have spoilers. So the whole thing with the Candyman characters is like, there's almost like a Candyman multiverse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the original Candyman is, I don't remember the, the real character's name, but Tony Todd mm-hmm. from the first movie. He's like a, like you explained, he's the son of a slave, falls in love with the girl that he's painting. Yeah. Uh, the father of the girl, his friends... Uh, Oh, sorry. You're fine. Uh, Track him down, cut his hand off with a rusty uh, saw blade. Yep. Put a hook on, uh, put honey on his chest, and have him be eaten by bees and burned alive. That's the original Candyman from, I think it's like 1890 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, And then over the course of, uh, from then on, there have been other Candyman, or Candyman, or whatever you want to say. Yeah. Uh, Like... There was, like, the one from this movie, uh, I don't remember the, uh, they had his name on, Daniel Robitaille, I don't know, mm-hmm. um, he's, like, this guy who has a hook for a hand, it's, like, a modern-day, like, you know, you squeeze hook that people who have a limb cut off get, mm-hmm. he has a hook for a hand, and, uh, he gives candy to kill, to children, and he's just a nice guy, giving candy to children. Yeah. One day, a kid finds a razor blade in his candy, and uh, people are like, oh, it's this Candyman guy. It's him. He's the one that uh, gave this kid the razor blade with candy. So he goes into hiding. He's hiding in the wall of this, like, laundry room. Yeah. And he comes out, gives this kid some candy. Um, the ki- Or the kid screams when he sees him. And the police start running looking for him. He gives the kid some candy. The kid's walking up the stairs and he drops one of the pieces. The mm-hmm. cops find him, beat the guy so viciously that you couldn't even tell what he looked like and they kill him. Yeah. So he becomes the next Candyman. Uh, and it turns out that he was innocent uh, for what, like the razor blade and the candy. It was someone else because that kept happening. Yeah. So, yeah, this is like a multiple Candyman's uh, thing. And one distinction though that's interesting is it's always Tony Todd. It's kind of Tony Todd. It, he, well, I think yeah. it's old him and then Maybe. the digitally de aged. Yeah, they digitally de aged yeah. him because you can tell at the end. He like his skin's a lot smoother. He, yeah. he like they digitally de aged him. Um and there's sometimes uh where you can like it looks like older him, but it kinda looks like they threw the features of another person like halfway on his face or something. Half on. And I think it is and it's Tony, kind of yeah, awkward. It is. And it's not that the coat's different. Yeah, it is different with each one, but it's not that it's a bad thing that you want to keep it Tony Todd because it does make sense. Like if he's, st- it's like Nick Castle in Halloween. If he's still alive, get him in that role. But yeah, if he wants to, it, at a certain point, it is kind of like why put bad CGI in the man's face? Just let him look old and decrepit. There's nothing yeah, wrong with that. I mean, that. it looks cooler. Like, yeah, it he, does look he's, cooler. He's already old and decrepit in the first one, kind of. Yeah, and they embrace that with the new Halloween movie. He's old, but he's yeah. still like unkillable. Yeah. It's just like you gotta you gotta find the happy medium, and this movie try it feels like it tried to go too far toward like 
pleasing the older audience, but also overcorrecting by doing that. It does, yeah. Um, but like we've talked about with Tony Todd doing a decent job in this movie and stuff like that, they bring back a character from the original, and they have a twist with Anthony and his mother in the movie, which yes. is really, really cool. And um, I called it like 30 minutes in. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, so... Anthony turns out to be the baby from the first movie who gets kidnapped by Candyman uh, and then saved by Helen and returned to his mother. And the and the mom is the real mom from the original movie. Yeah. And she, she looks look like exactly she the same. Yeah, yeah. She's got like yeah, she looks great uh, for her age. Uh, let me check her name. So the actress is Vanessa Estelle Williams. I think she's appeared in a lot of other stuff. Yeah, I um, think she has too. Since then, and she the character is Anne Marie McCoy. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really cool that they brought her back, and it's really cool that they have that connection to tie it in even more. And they even have, uh, you know, like, the connection of Helen from the first movie yeah. by having pictures of her and audio recordings, I say with quotes, because... I'm, we're, we're both pretty sure that it's either an older her or a different person that they recorded. Yep. And we're not sure. Because Google shows a different actress with the Helen name, so yeah. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. I will say, too, um, his, with Anthony's progression being much like Helen as it goes on in the movie, one thing that's interesting is how they bring this full circle at the ending with the third act, which I'll say... This third act, when I was watching it unpack, I was like, this would be cooler if it didn't feel so messily thrown together. Because Coleman Domingo is the twist kind of bad guy that's setting up the next Candyman because he was, I guess, in a way, helping the last Candyman and he needed to find, like, a new body and, like, a new myth to spread around of the Candyman and stuff. So he's kidnapped Anthony, basically, and then kidnaps his uh, girlfriend, which I don't know what the character's name uh, was. The girlfriend. Brianna. Brianna. Brianna Brian. in the movie. Um, and ties her up and stuff, and is like, <laughs> Candyman needs to live on, we need this urban legend to continue and stuff, and he even has called the cops to set up, like, his initial murder that will happen yeah. where he'll be brutalized. And it's it's so goofily kind of yeah, rushed. I even was, with, like, the guy that's, like, setting this all up. Yeah. He, like, his... The way that he's, like, emoting with his face is just so funny because he's, like, moving his mouth awkwardly and everything. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say that because Coleman Domingo was the best part of Zola that came out in July yeah, that I saw. Yeah, he was in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And he was in Ma Rainey's Black he Bottom. He's very good in that. But just in this, it's like either he didn't understand what his character was supposed to do. Or, or the direction for him wasn't yeah, great. Yeah, or the direction's not great, which is why... And I know this is Nia's first big project, obviously, but I, yeah, I a so. veteran director like Jordan Peele would know how to give a character like an well, idea of what he is. Veteran, veteran he's director. Only like third or fourth movie. Well, he's directed a lot of projects beforehand too. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, and I would say he had a TV show for how many years? Um, yeah. And I guess for the most part, it was so goofy. I was kind of like, all right, I don't, I don't vibe with Colin Domingo and all this. But once Anthony is shot and killed by the police. I was like, okay, it's getting a little interesting. Yeah. Then he becomes the Candyman, murders all those cops, and then at the ending, the bees are swarmed all around his face, and he's saying the monologue that was in the first movie. Yeah. And then it's that CGI DH Tony Todd saying, tell everyone. And, and I mean, it, it doesn't look terrible. It doesn't look bad, I guess. It, like, it looks, it looks almost uh, as good to realistic as you can get. Graphic for design is my passion, is all I'll say. Fuck you. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh... Like, yeah, but, it, I mean, it's cool if they brought Tony Todd back for this movie. And, like, that whole end scene was actually interesting. It's interesting. It, it was... Cut out Coleman Domingo and it might be better. Yeah. If it, it just naturally progressed with Anthony, it might be a lot better. Yeah. 
and uh, I thought it was really cool how she was smart enough to be able to use him to save herself. Yeah. And it's cool that he didn't kill her. Yeah, well, yeah, because she's going to be the next person to tell the legend. Yeah, she's going to be the one to spread it. Yeah. Which is what Anthony was technically, I guess, also. Yeah. And and Coleman Domingo, I guess he kind of was as well. Because he saw it as a little kid. And And he's continued, like, he researched it and knew all about it from the original. Yeah, which I wonder if that means she'll go crazy in the if there is a sequel and set up the next Candyman. But I think this, I think uh, the Anthony's actor is going to be the Candyman for the next few sequels. I'd say he might be or they're gonna drag uh tony todd back into back the in. studio and record all of his scenes in front of a green screen from his bed yeah because i guess the one thing the ending <laughs> establishes is no matter what it's still tony todd as candy man and i get that because he, yeah like his uh, character from the first movie was the original candy man like exactly because he got when he got killed in 1990 he became the first person to be candy man yeah and even he burns alive in the first movie this movie doesn't end with a happy ending which is nice like you yeah. and i have talked so much we hate horror movies that have happy endings like the conjuring's yeah. pissed me off so much because they all end on a happy note yeah like that's kind of why i like halloween because it ends with michael myers not being on the ground when they look back yeah like it's it's not a happy ending because you're like oh shit he's still out there and then halloween 2 comes along and it's the best sequel ever and you're gonna hate me for that <laughs> well you know i don't give a shit about halloween as a franchise. i fucking hate I you i know well i'm gonna spit on you yeah go ahead do it <laughs> I think you just hit poor TL back there, dude. You okay, that TL? Fucker. Well, just is still back there. He is back there. That little kitty cat. We've had him there for a while. You okay, TL? How you doing, buddy? <sighs> Fuck you. I don't think he's very happy with you. I will kick your ass. Yeah, TL, we, give us five minutes and then you can talk. We'll buddy. finish the podcast. We'll finish and the I'll podcast. Fight you again. Um, I guess the last thing I want to touch on uh, to kind of wrap this up a little bit is they did a puppet show thingy, which was kind of cool. That was interesting. That was interesting. That was a good original thing for this movie. Uh, I'm assuming it was like an artistic thing. Yeah, probably. Um, I liked it, and it, uh, the end credits, they showed all the stories of all the different Candymen. They did, yeah, and I think that's cool, because definitely stick around and watch that, because you do watch each iteration, and I think one thing that was kind of coolly uh, consistent is their artists. Like, they always start off, like, painting something, and then some shit happens to them. It's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, it's actually really interesting. Um... That being said, I don't know what else we can say about this movie. Um, yeah, I guess. We're gonna, we're gonna get... Uh, lynched by the internet mob, I'm sure. I'll probably more than you, because I'll go into my summary here a little bit. So, Fuck you. I, Candyman and I guess the other Candyman to me, like I said, are on the same tier. I think they're just both fine, okay movies with like mediocre moments and, and stuff. This mediocre. movie, I, what, well, mediocre, my bad. Um, but uh, I think that Anthony's actor is very good in this movie. I think the acting's very good in this movie. I think they do some great things with the cinematography, production design, lighting, and stuff. I think some of the kills look kind of cool, and they do some cool horror elements with it and stuff. But yeah. the f- cons of this movie is that the themes are just constantly spilled out to you, and that bugs me. Character progression is very kind of poor in this movie a little bit. The things they do with Tony Todd and some of the digital de aging or things with his face just kind of feel like they're pushing it a little bit too far i think the third act is a gigantic mess in a way with the whole coleman domingo thing and if you cut that out and let anthony progress naturally it would have been a nicer finale but i would say for the most part i'm gonna give this the same score as the original Candyman. i'm gonna give it a five out of ten i just think this is an okay horror movie if jordan peele directed this maybe it'd be a little better but even then i don't know if it would be to be honest because uh, i don't know if the source material is that strong enough compared to like get out or us y- I mean, 
Jordan is a big fan of old school slashers, though. He might. So do a I good feel job. like he would have been able to bring it justice. Hopefully, in a way. maybe. Maybe we'll never right. know. Um, I'll give my final summary. Yeah. Uh, I I I didn't hate this movie. I I liked it. Um, I have uh, obviously I have some issues with it. But I have issues with the original movie. The original movie, uh, I don't know if it's just because I watched it on a streaming service or what, but it, like there was a lot of awkward cuts. There's one actress who was not good, and uh, some of the, the effects were not great. But this movie, I mean, it's got problems too. The subtlety is so on the nose that it hurts. Uh, it kind of tells you, hey, you're an idiot. Let me tell you what's right. Yep. <clears throat> some of the CG, um, you know... I. It would have been nicer if they didn't use CG, but I get it. I kind of feel like that's the thing with Jordan Peele's production company, but I'm not sure. I don't. Yeah, I guess I don't know either. I don't remember Get Out having that much CGI. But in it. Get Out didn't really have. Uh, it had a practical feel to it. Yeah, it also didn't have like the need for a lot of CG. It didn't. Neither did us really. Yeah. I mean, there may have been a few. Like this movie, there. it was kind of a supernatural-ish kind of, urban yeah. legend horror, so I yeah. kind of get that. Um, I did think that it was cool that they brought Tony Todd back, but again, if if they're only going to use him for the CG stuff, I let him let him rest. Use use a new actor. You, exactly. Like make it a legacy thing, like you yeah. talked about. Yeah. Um. That being said, I I would give this as probably the same of, as what I gave the original, which is a seven out of ten. Okay, fair enough. Um. That's about all I have to say. Yeah. So that'll do it for the Candyman podcast. Um, I Brian will go back into retirement, and I guess we won't know what'll happen. Stop, Stop it! Stop beating him, damn it! Stop, TL. Okay, listen. You two are gonna have to kiss and make up here. I'm not putting up with this. I mean, come on, Brian. He's saying sorry. He's giving the cat eyes. Give him like a pet on the head. Give him a pet on okay. the head. He's a good cat. See, there you go. But that'll do it for this edition of Hayden's Entertainment Hour. Don't know when Brian will be back next, obviously. What are you mad at me for this time? Oh, my God, Brian. He's got a gun. Oh, Oh, fuck! Don't do it!